0: Hi, glad to have you here. Welcome to Ignite Your Passion with me, Bonnie Lang. I'll be sharing inspiring stories, interviewing people doing what they love, and also sharing motivational tips. You never know what you'll learn, and you'll be inspired. I hope this makes you laugh, teaches you something new, and gets you moving toward your dreams and what ignites your passion and the fire within you. I'm so excited to introduce my new friend, Barry Brown. He shares his incredible journey as a rodeo cowboy in his book, The Bionic Bull Rider, in which he got his name from a near-fatal rodeo injury. Barry became the first person to win the Comeback Cowboy of the Year Award from the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association back in 1971. And he was a national finals rodeo qualifier in 1974. So let's welcome Mr. Barry Brown. Well, hi, with us today, we have Mr. Barry Brown, also known as the Bionic Bull Rider. Tell us about yourself, Barry, where you're from, where you live now, and what you're doing.
1: Well, I was born and raised in uh, Michigan. In fact, I got my start in rodeo up there when I was 15, when the older brother put me on my first bull at a wild west show in Sabinole, Michigan, and which I joined up for that outfit shortly after that and traveled all over the Northeast. And, and then while West shows, uh, wasn't contestant. They paid you for the work, kind of like a traveling carnival and you done all the sitting up and tearing down the arena and feeding the livestock and all that and sleeping on the ground and, and all. But, uh, that's how I got my start. And, uh, I live in uh, Perry, Oklahoma now, been here about three weeks.
0: Oh
1: wow! What brought you to Oklahoma? Oh boy, that's a long story. (laughs) I I had left South Carolina and I was in New Mexico, and uh, wishing I'd done some book signings out there, and they went real good. One of them was at uh, Billy the Kid, uh, the last escape of Billy the Kid deal, and sold quite a few there, and then. uh, down in the Rio Dosa, New Mexico. I set up in a Western Wear store there, in uh, Boots and Jeans, and uh, they let me sit there for the three days. I'm pretty good, but anyhow, I just keep trying to promote this book, and everyone that's read it says how much they enjoyed it, and they're waiting for it to come out in a movie now, so just hoping so one day to get it in the right hands.
0: So tell us about the book.
1: Yeah, well, I had... Uh, I had my sternum broke in half up at a road in Superior, Wisconsin, back in '68, and a um, 50 shot of living that night and, and all that. And uh, but uh, two and a half months later, I went back to ride. The chest never healed. My chest was split in half. Oh my God! So um, two and a half years later, it kind of got to hurt my riding. Got I had a doctor tell me there was nothing there to protect my heart. If I got hit hard enough in the chest it stopped my heart from beating. But I kept riding anyhow and uh, but uh got to drawing them really rank bulls at them big rodeos and uh started getting worried about getting stepped down, you know, get thrown off and bulls step on my chest and that's what usually kills most bull riders. So I decided to get it fixed and I had no idea it'd be the old deal it was and I went into a VA hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and talking to that doctor about my chest and getting it repaired. And he said, Well, let's see your chest. And I tore my shirt open, snap button shirt, and uh, once you just shove the top half of my chest, you just push in and out, and just wiggle back and forth. Yeah. And so anyhow, he said, but well, he didn't know how to fix it. And but anyhow, they finally come up with plans so for the surgery made medical history. When I tracked out at Deadwood, South Dakota, the cover picture on the, uh, on my book was taken at uh, the uh, Deadwood South Dakota Rodeo that year, 1971, August of 71, and I didn't win nothing on that bull. and the next night I went pretty big riding at in uh, Missouri, and an article came out then, and I was selected as the first recipient of the PRCA Comeback Cowboy of the Year Award,
0: way wow. out in Texas.
1: So there was a press release sent out about it, and this was in October 71. Well, February 72, I was at the Kissimmee Florida Rodeo. And when I arrived there, uh, that, there was a, a an editor from the Orlando Sentinel there to interview me. And uh, anyhow, when that thing, uh, when that article come out in the Sunday paper, the Orlando Sentinel, the headline were titled, The Bionic Bull Rider. Uh-huh. Or, which, at that time embarrassed me, and I was hoping no cowboys coming into town to pick up the paper and read it. <laughs> I, that. But made, made me feel kind of like a local yokel, you know uh, but, but today it, it's, it's, it's different. I don't mind at all when people talk to me and uh, ask me my name, I give it to them, then I said, I'm you know better known these days as the bonnet bull rider. And uh, anyhow. So that's how that came about. It was from the Orlando Sentinel and, uh, and, and receiving that Comeback Cowboy Year Award.
0: So how long did you bull ride?
1: Uh, 28 years.
0: Oh my started, gosh. In, started in
1: 1959 and my last year was 87.
0: So as I started reading your book and it's incredible, I recommend everyone reach out directly to Barry Brown, the bionic bull rider, um, to get a copy of the book. It is incredible. I mean, I started reading the first chapter and then I couldn't put it down. Now I need a copy because there's a little sample of it online, but yeah, I want to hear the story. It's just, um,
1: well, great. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And that's mainly what everybody says. So, and I, I get so many great reviews and comments about that book and, uh, even from children. Children love that book as much as adults. So it's just a good gift to give for uh, 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 one to buy for children because they're gonna read it from cover to cover. I I received a message on Facebook from a 10 year old girl in East Texas. She said, Mr. Berry, I'm reading your book and that ain't no one ever gonna get it out of my hands.
0: Oh, I love yeah. that. That gave me well, goosebumps. And then I,
1: I received another message from a young lady in Africa, and she said, "Mr. Brown, I'm a 22-year-old black girl in Africa. I've read your book. Your book is changing lives. You need to keep writing."
0: Oh, and, uh, oh my God, that's such so inspiring.
1: So well, well, and because of that, I'm probably the only author that guarantees you're going to enjoy my book, or I'll buy it back. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I guarantee you, you won't be but nobody be buying it back because it, it's awesome. Oh, no. Well, I got a question though, as I okay. was reading it, you know, what made you decide, like, wh- how did it become your passion? Because you starved. It, I, you like, didn't know really kind of when you were going to be eating, you were in pain a lot <laughs> whenever you rode. So what was it that kept you wanting to do this
1: well i pretty much explained that right there uh, early on in the book well after that horse dragon story christmas tree story but uh after i got on that first boy and now i was pretty darn scared getting on that first one as uh i i just figured one day that i would you too because my older brother did and, and my older sister got him started she rode bronx and and was a trick rider but uh but after I fell off that first one about three four seconds and knocked all the air out of me but uh I thought then I, on the ride back home with my mother about uh I, I thought that was the most fun I'd ever had
0: <laughs> yeah. <But> not. <laughs>
1: and, yeah and I told all of them to the heck with school I'm gonna rodeo you know and uh
0: so oh. that's
1: pretty much the rest of my life and been involved with it and stuff, you know, and uh, just couldn't, just couldn't quit. it. loved it too much. Oh. Couldn't wait to get back on that next one when I'd be crippled and laid up. And then I'd judge rodeos to earn a little money to live on instead of sitting at home in Michigan.
0: Gotcha. Stay
1: down the road. And-
0: I thought initially you meant uh, you were being facetious because your mother did was not happy when she heard your name announced in the oh. arena <laughs> as a rider. Oh uh, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Her, her sister, my aunt Helen, the two of them was in the front seat as we were headed back home, and uh, my mom was going on about that and telling my aunt and said that how I was not going to rodeo, you know because. She was just too always too scared, and that there was five of us ended up riding and all that. And uh, but anyhow, I like to tell the book, I wasn't hearing a word she said. I was just in hog heaven and thinking about that boot I had just gotten on.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, have you ever had any doubts about it? Like, what am I? Why am I doing this? You know, I mean,
1: no. No, never, no doubts about that. I just couldn't, like say, If I'd be crippled and too crippled up to ride, I'd, you know, just wait until I could get on again. Couldn't wait, you know, and usually started back before the doctors would release me or anything and I didn't care what they said. I felt all right. That's like when I split that chest in half and that surgery made medical history and the doctor told me it'd be at least a year healing up and that I may never ride again because it may not work. That's yeah. about the only time I got scared. That worried me more than anything when he said I may never ride again oh. if it didn't heal. And so I asked him then, I uh, said, well, Doc, if it don't work, will I still have use of my arms? And he said, well, yeah, it's not going to affect those at all. And I said, okay, let's go for it then, because I'm." As soon as he said that about, I may never ride again. I was picturing myself with my left hand down to that road with my right hand up in the air, riding, you know, because it didn't matter if that surgery didn't work. I was already riding with my chest split in half and i just continue on. Well, eight months later, I just figured the chest was healed and I entered Deadwood South Dakota and I was back on the trail again. I never went back for evaluation or another x-ray to see what the doc thought about it. I just cracked back out, but January January 74 proved to me that the surgery worked, and I had the strongest chest in the world, and probably still do, but uh, I uh, landed flat on my back, uh, and and I I was on the 1,900-pound Brangus bull, and when I hit the ground flat on my back and looking straight up, I see both of his hind heels were straight over his head, way up there (sighs) in the air. And they both come down with all that weight and force right on top of my chest. Oh. Well, I got up and walked out there didn't break the flame. And I oh. drove all the night to uh, South Florida for another rodeo. So uh, that's, boy, I say I had the strongest chest in the world. Oh, now, that, now that first story in the book about, about that, uh, the horse dragged me in that Christmas tree, and when he was first standing on top of my chest, that ended up and broke one of the wires in my chest. And Then I broke five ribs a year or two later, and that broke the other part of that wire that was already broke. But it's, So it's just sitting in there kind of loose, but it don't bother me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, and then reading the part, like that's the first chapter in the book is about, about the horse the Christmas tree and you losing your finger you lost your finger because you were drugged by the horse I can't even imagine what that felt like and I remember you saying help me lord help me lord oh my gosh I see it
1: oh yeah
0: help me lord help me lord and and-, and he did.
1: He did. He, he, sa- he saved me, you know, when I, I could tell in the book and I described the things I was doing, trying to free myself. And that horse was wide open across that field, me and that horse, me and the tree right beside his back, he was dragging us on the ground. And I could tell in the book that once I, you know, after I did all I could do to try to save myself and I couldn't, and the word just came out, Lord help me. And that broke, broke immediately. Right there and the host run on home and left me in that tree laying there, in that people.
0: Yeah, and then you couldn't get back home. You know it was too far, you couldn't make it home. You saw you saw the road, you went towards the road, you made it, kept saying, you know, Lord help me, Lord help me. And there were so yep. many cars that passed you by, which that really broke my heart, you know. Yeah. Uh, just- well,
1: You know, uh I didn't blame those Drivers that passed me by, and I was all doubled over and holding my ribs and trying to wave at them, and I was hoping they'd see the little bit of blood. But the finger didn't bleed much when it pulled the end of that finger off. But uh, so but I was hoping they would see it, know, and realize I was hurt because I uh, I knew I probably looked more like a drunk or something the way I, the way I looked out there, you know. So I get blamed them for not stopping, but it got yeah. pretty. Pretty rough there for a while there. And all I got was so weak, you know, I had, to, I was just laying there by the, uh, 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 right there on the shoulder next to the, uh, the lane, the highway. I was on Interstate 65, about five miles south of Montgomery, Alabama then. And, uh, but yeah, and I just had that one arm propped up there, waving it and laying there flat on my back because I was so weak. Ended up, that I had a punctured lung and it broke five ribs. And, Totally the end of that finger off but two days later I was back home
0: oh thank God thank God well the Lord has been with you I mean such a blessing I mean to endure so much you know discomfort and pain it's just I I want to know so the moment that you get on the bull and then you cinch the rope what it, what is that? What does it feel like for you? Can you explain?
1: Oh, hey, yeah, just, just a great feeling to have you sitting on that bull's back with your legs down there by his side and fixing to nod your head and hope to win a few hundred. You know, yeah. uh, as like somebody said one time when me and my wife uh, was married then, but. I was calling her all the time. Her daddy didn't know how in the world I could pay for those for those phone bills, which were pay phones in those days, there wasn't those oh. no phones? And uh, and I told her, I thought, "Heck, it's just one boot ride, you know. The seven hundred dollars a month bill, I was, you know, I was paying, but it didn't matter. Just don't take but eight seconds to get enough to pay that back."
0: Oh wow! <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, <laughs>
1: There's some great dog stories in there too. I don't know if you got to them yet, but
0: no, I haven't. I haven't. right,
1: well, Dog Rod, my Catahoula, I hauled with me on the rodeo trail, and I trained him when I was seventeen. But uh, he was an amazing dog and done a lot of things. And I was even hired as a contact actor the California Rodeo in '63. And uh, anyhow, it, it, it's pretty funny story when you read it now. I'll have folks call just to tell me how hard they're laughing. And that's huh. all they say about the book. Now, Barry, I got tears streaming down my face. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> but yeah, there's great dog stories. And like I tell folks, that book covers almost everything in life, not just rodeos and boot riding. But like had mm-hmm. my son and the story in there about how God healed him with seizures. He began having seizures when he was three years old. You'll read that. It's oh, hard.
0: no.
1: Well, everything I'm telling you is in the book. So.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, what was the most exciting thing that happened to you in the bull riding?
1: Oh, probably I don't know riding some ranked bulls that had never been rode before. That's pretty exciting, and uh, qualifying for the national finals among the top fifteen of the world. Uh, oh, maybe yeah.
0: That's incredible. I mean, congratulations for qualifying. That's that's just incredible. So, what do you do now that you've retired?
1: I end up promoting this book about it. I got three more book signings coming up though. Well, this Saturday, I have one, and then the week after, I have one on Saturday and one Sunday. And just trying to keep promoting the book and do book signings and do a lot of chapter supply. That's uh, cool. where I, most of my book uh, signings out anymore, but unless roadie was coming up, but this time of year, there's not many of them around right now. But but I'll uh, be getting, doing more of them in the spring.
0: Well, February, yeah, we've got February, our rodeo coming up in San Antonio. Um, Yeah, I
1: sent them a book when it first came out and told them, you know, explained in there that there's a bull riding picture of me taking a San Antonio. And uh, in fact, when when I received that uh, Comeback Cow with the Year award, I had received a telegram there at the Fort Worth rodeo from Columbia Pictures to give them a call in New York city and 800 number. And I called them and told them that I think they, uh, got the wrong person that they meant to send back to Larry Mayhem. <laughs> I said, no, no, you're the one. Anyhow, they won. I uh, they had me set up to meet, meet up with Cliff Robinson, the movie actor. And he starred in the rodeo movie that was being released in early 72, uh, JW Coop, And, uh, and it was ba- That, Rodeo movie based on an all-around hand that had been out of competition for a number of years. And he went back to rodeo, and he could still ride and win. And that's how I ended up winning that Comeback Cow with Year Award. That's what I went through with that surgery and the medical history and the chest being split in half. And I was still able to ride and win. And so anyhow, so I met up with uh, Cliff there. out in the the arena Saturday night performance during San Antonio. So, anyhow, I I told them all about that, the committee, when I sent them my book. And I don't know what they did with the book, but they never even responded to it. Same way with Houston, they wouldn't even respond. And Fort Worth, Worth, they wanted $1,450 to sit up at their review. Ah. For, which I was in Florida at that time when I just couldn't afford to drive that far and pay that kind of money. But yeah, if, if I'd have had the money, I'd have done it. It would have been all right. But
0: it's a little drive to get down here from Oklahoma in Texas. This is it a, probably a good? What five, six, seven, eight hour drive?
1: Oh yeah, but that's that's just a hop, skip, and a jump.
0: <laughs> I'm used <laughs>
1: to this. Drive. Well, that's true. The miles don't bother me. Yeah, uh, you you're gonna read one story in there, that book, where I, I was up for four days and three nights, just rodeo to rodeo to rodeo, and I worked five rodeos those three days. And, or Four days and three nights anyhow. And uh, I was up for uh, I was up all that time, never went to bed. Four days no. and three nights, instead of getting on and riding, heading to the next one, two a day on Fridays and Saturdays. I worked two you know, in different states and everything, and 2,100 miles, But rode all my booze and went about 1,300 back then, and went a buckle at Saxton, Missouri, I went both bull around there that year, but anyways, so, so the driving don't bother me.
0: <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound like it, so uh, what was your, so that was your typical day back then, you were constantly traveling, and then just riding from one show, one show to the next, and Hoping to win, hoping to stay on that eight seconds. You only got paid though if you won, right? Or?
1: Yeah, I was watching. I that again.
0: Oh, do you only got paid if you won.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't really being paid. Yeah, it was prize money. And if you win, then yeah, you, you, you win that. Money for per, perfect third, per fourth, whatever, and uh, for, of course you have to pay an entry fee to enter the rodeo, and plus all your expenses getting there. And then if you got to spend the night there, you, know, you got all kind of expenses involved in there. So you can, you could lose several hundred dollars one rodeo if you don't win nothing. Oh wow! Let you
0: think of? And that. all you can do is
1: head to the next one and hope to get them there. Well, so what was the
0: most? What was the most difficult challenge for you? Or what was the most challenging for you, you know, in doing it?
1: Oh shoot, that was staying healthy for me, I guess. I was injured so many times. Broke 21 ribs over the years and separated them many times. Besides that and I broke a total of 29 bones. I know that because having book signings, that's one of the questions people ask when they come up to my table. How many bones you broke? Well, I don't know, pretty good money, but I've never counted them up, so finally decided I better count it up so I'll be able to tell them, you know, if it was 29 anyhow, and a few surgeries.
0: Oh, my God. I can't even imagine.
1: I'm going to try to see if the this is the banner that I have when I do book signings. I'm going to see if the phone will pick it up.
0: Oh, yeah, I can see it. The Bionic Bull mm-hmm. Rider. I love it.
1: Yeah, that was... I
0: see your trailer back there, too, your horse trailer.
1: Oh, yeah yeah, that's what I'm living in That's living quarters
0: ah, gotcha, so right now you're on tour. Are you on tour just doing book signings?
1: Well, kinda, but no, I'm living here. gotcha that's my home and, uh, i've one... got I've got a son up in near Portland, Maine, and a daughter in Phoenix City, Alabama, and uh, another daughter near Panama City, Florida. They're all scattered around.
0: Ah, so you get do you get visit them quite often?
1: No, not. I hadn't seen any of them. Let's see. I left. I was up there at my son's place, and uh, I left where I was staying down near Austin, Texas, and I drove back to South Carolina. I hauled my horse up there in this trailer. I dropped them off with some friends in South Carolina, and I drove on up to Maine. To, See my son, uh, his wife had my first granddaughter.
0: Oh, congratulations. They were
1: just before Christmas and stayed till early March and left and went to South Carolina. Anyhow, so that's the last time I have seen any of my children. And I okay. left there, his place there in March.
0: Well, I have one more question for you. What would you want listeners to know most about you and your your purpose and your path? And what if they want to do the same thing?
1: Be a bull rider. Well, I've heard from some teenage boys that uh, after reading my book, and would tell about how the book had inspired them. And which I, I tell the good and the bad of my book. And I done a lot of drinking in my younger days, and and I tell about how much better I rode, how more how more consistent I was when I quit drinking in 73, and uh, I was riding most of my booze. They sold me off much, and I just went a lot more money and bought my first brand new vehicle then. So I would tell any young person that uh, don't touch this stuff. Alcohol is evil, and you think you're having a good time, and maybe you are, but you'll pay for it in the end. And I wasted most of my good years because I drank, I mean, I truly believe I could have been a world champion if I would have left that stuff alone. And I'm gonna just say that and follow the Lord; He'll
0: lead you in the right direction. Amen. Well, how can we find your book? Do we just go to your uh, Facebook page and reach out to you in order to get your book? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, they can contact me through Facebook and. Uh, I to say I'm not too sure. Uh, you can get it off of Amazon, Barnes and Noble, but uh, I have been—I had received any compensation from them in three or four years now. And, but anyways, I, I prefer that they order it directly for me, and they'll get a signed copy that way. So yeah, they can just find me. I got a couple of pages: a bonnet boot rider, and then one is Barry Brown, and they can contact me that way, and I can give them a uh, info you know mailing address and all that stuff and i'll get a signed copy right out to them
0: excellent and i'll also put it in the show notes um so how they can get it as well so they could always refer to the show notes here oh
1: uh, yeah that'd be great i appreciate it it. it. i sure enjoy your songs too everybody needs to look you up on uh, youtube and listen to some of your songs you've got a pretty voice and good singer
0: Oh, thank you so much. That means so much. Thank you.
1: you.
0: Well, it has been such a pleasure getting to meet you and I can't wait to finish the rest of your book. You have such an incredible life and thank you for sharing your experiences with us.
1: Uh, You bet, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you very much for this.
0: Wow. That was so incredible. The passion that he had for the sport of being a rodeo cowboy. I mean, that is just true dedication. If you're interested in being on my next show and you're doing what you love, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at bonnie at bonnielang.com or send me a message on Instagram at bonnie Lang and share this with a friend. If you have any topics you want to discuss, let me know. Check out my previous episodes too. They are amazing. Peace, love, happiness, and hugs to you. And don't forget to subscribe.